What's up, everybody? This is the after show for Monday Night Football Falcons at Saints. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It's Monday. All right, guys, welcome to the after show. That's not really after the show because it's still kind of going on. That's why we have Mike with the iPad right there. He'll keep us updated. Don't worry about it. I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. I'm Jill Monroe, and you can find me on all social media at Stiletto Jill. What about your blog? My blog is jocksandstilettojill.com for all your sports and pop culture <laughs> gossip, but we can talk about that later. I love that. My name is Mike Rippey. Catch me on social media at Mike Rips. Mike, you're always looking out for Jill. That's, that's I know. Awesome. I Yo, appreciate that. Both that of you. Is, yeah, you do. You know, it's a good guy. It's bonding. Guy. We like this. Yeah. We do. All right, well. Game's still going on, but it's a high-scoring affair right now. As, as we speak, it's 45-32. That's right. Falcons. Yeah. Uh, Mike, can you update us what's going on? So we just have a little bit of a segue. Into- yeah, we're, we're late in the fourth quarter, about seven minutes to go. The Saints okay. have the ball down 13 uh, at their own 20. So uh, we'll keep you posted if anything changes. But it's been a high-scoring affair. I mean, right. 77 points already. Yeah. Defense is not showing up. No. Not, well, like, except for the pick six. Some some defensive plays, but on the whole, the defense has been... Mm. Absent. Yeah. And... I, f- go ahead. Well, and, and this game, I think, turned because it New Orleans had the momentum right out the gate. It's a tough place to play, this the Superdome, and uh, it turned on their own miscue on the punt return that they botched, gave Atlanta the field position, and immediately kind of gave the momentum to Atlanta, and since then, Atlanta's been in control. Yeah, that was one of the most awkward muff pumps I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, I, I don't know who what the name of the guy was, but he ran into his own... Yeah, he just, bat- just took him out. Yeah, and then he got the ball. <laughs> and then he tried to get the ball. <laughs> and fumbled he got, it. Yeah, he fumbled it. It was just... It was awkward. Yeah, you're right, because they were up 7 nothing at that point. They point. were, and the crowd was going crazy. Yeah. And when the Superdome is loud and the fans are into it... There's some rowdy fans, so... Yep. Especially tonight. I mean, 10 Absolutely. years after Katrina, um, well, not after Katrina, after the Superdome reopened and all the emotion that was filled and how the Saints took over as the pride of New Orleans and represented resiliency and all of that. So I thought, you know, that the Saints were going to knock it out the park yeah, all the way. We all picked the Saints. <laughs> I think, I think yeah, we all picked we them did. based off of emotion and how well they play at home, but... You know, the Falcons are a dome team as well. They are. Um, their mm-hmm. offense absolutely showed up today. No Julio, though, which is kind of awkward. Yeah, it's been a heavy dose of uh, the running game for Atlanta for, between uh, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, yeah. who have both played very well. Yeah, which is uh, now a one-two punch. I know last year was a lot of Devonta, but Tevin Coleman's actually you know stepping it up a lot. And this will be a big win for Atlanta because they you know they lost the opening week, and then to, to win last week and this week and go 2-1... Two two and one, Big difference where yeah they'd be the only two and one team in that division too yeah exactly because Carolina and Tampa both are one and two yeah and uh, the Saints would be zero and three and the reason why it's important for the Falcons just to briefly mention their upcoming schedule they have Panthers at the Broncos at Seattle then the Chargers so you know it could be really brutal for them if they don't come out of this on top because not that I want to put any of my predictions back on because they're so bad but um, facing the Panthers and then going and facing the Broncos at home and the Seahawks even though they're kind of dealing with injury would be someplace that I wouldn't want to be as a Falcons fan that Panthers game is huge yeah wow Panthers 1-2 that's kind of surprising it is 
Um, so, I mean, there's really not much to talk about this game besides the fact that there's no defense. <laughs> no, there really hasn't. Uh, and both quarterbacks have been pretty good, minus Drew Brees' pick right. six. But, you know, if you look at the stats, Drew Brees is 30 for 44, 331 yards passing, three touchdowns, two picks. Which he has two been, picks? Two picks have been costly. So then uh, he just threw one. Then, just right? recently, it looks like he threw one. So uh, Mark Ingram for, for the Saints. Yes. He's got 15 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Coming uh, out party. Welcome home. Yeah, they started giving him the ball. He's He's got a good average. He just he hasn't been able to get enough carries, I would say. Because you right. like, I think Mark Ingram is the type of running back that he gets going with the more carries that he gets. He's a workhorse. Yes. So you'd like to see him, if you're a Saints fan, for him to get 25 carries. And then yes. you know that the Saints are doing well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Breeze at home, they, they... It's interesting, I guess, that Brandon Cooks hasn't been involved tonight. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, especially from a fantasy football perspective. I mean, I love fantasy football. I don't know about you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, no? we're, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm evolving as such. You know, maybe one day. What about you, Mike? You do DraftKings? No. You don't do DraftKings? I do season-long, not week-long. What? DraftKings? At least not yet. I, I've done DraftKings in the past. What about you guys? Tell us. Have you guys done DraftKings? Right. Yeah. And if you do, at DraftKings.com, you don't need to come in first place to cash in, which is what I love about da- daily fantasy sports. Right. The player who finished 800th in weeks one's biggest fantasy football contest took home $100. I mean, Ooh. finishing 800th. What did the What did the person yeah. that got first take home? I mean, probably like 50000 at least 50000 People take home no, they do. I, I've, I've, seen, I've heard that DraftKings offers a $1 million contest during the week. So Yes. Yes. Actually, this weekend, DraftKings is hosting another huge fancy contest with over $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. Incredible. Look at that. Incredible. Sensei. Ding. But uh, yeah, I personally use DraftKings. It's better than FanDuel to, to me, too. I like it. It's just an easier app. It's easier to deal with. Um, so don't wait. Go to DraftKings.com and now choose your players for this week's contest. Enter promo code BUZZ, B-U-Z-Z, and play for free. I might have to try it, you know, because if you got a promo code, you could test it out just a day. Not that much. Try it. I mean, you're on the panel. We talk about fantasy football. We do. I know for a fact fantasy football guru is probably in our chat right now. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) What up, fantasy football guru? We love you. You always hit us with the good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought fantasy because we were talking Mark Ingram, and I have him on one of my teams, so it's nice to see him get going for once. Right. But uh, yeah, so I wonder if that's going to be a theme for the Saints, you know, starting running the ball a little more. Well, it, it, I think that they would like that to be a theme, yeah. but when they get behind, it makes it difficult to establish Very the true. running game and stick with it because, you know, Drew Brees, they, he can throw the ball 50 times a game, no problem, especially on the turf at home, but... You would like to see them establish Mark Ingram and just pound him, pound him, and let him do the dirty work because if, if that's the case, they're probably in the lead. They were doing it in spurts tonight, even though they're not in the league, just you know, kind of having him break through the defense, you, probably because the defense is soft, but um, it was effective. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, you're right. He has been effective yeah. running the ball tonight. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's not enough right now. Yeah. And also, I think if they can establish Mark Ingram – and get the defenses focused on him. That will open the passing lanes up for Drew Brees. Right. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is that pick six that you uh, threw. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when you have the defense that the Saints, you know, that they have, you can't afford these type of mistakes. So they, the, they don't have the defense. <laughs> not really defense. Right. They have right. something. I, you know, my my thing with the Saints is there's so much pressure on Drew and that offense to keep up with what their defense can't can't do basically. So uh, my question to you guys is, you know, even let's just say they lose tonight. 
with that division being not bad, but the Falcons are two and one in first place. Everyone else is one and two. Do you think they still have a shot to win the division? Absolutely not. No. I mean, I didn't. Th- uh, to be completely honest, I didn't think the Saints had a chance coming into this season in the division. Okay, I like uh, Carolina, and even uh, the team that I like the most to contend with Carolina would be Tampa. Okay, and so New Orleans to me. I think they're a fun team to watch at some points because they have some players you like to watch, and Drew Brees is a good quarterback. But I think they're in high-scoring games, but I don't think that they're a real contender to make the playoffs or even win the division. Well, so in the same fashion, the next game's coming up. They have the Chargers this weekend. They have a bye week after that. Um, and then it's Panthers, Chiefs, Seahawks, and 49ers. So of that, you know, yeah. half, I mean, they could at least win half Panthers, of those games. Panthers, Chiefs, Seahawks that's, is a brutal That's going to be, yeah, those three, those, those three games, yeah. those three games, um, <laughs> could really sort of tear up their season and just make it over fairly early by Halloween, really. Well, I mean, yeah. if they, it, it, it looks like they're going to lose tonight. And if they don't, I mean, it, clearly next week is a guaranteed must win against San Diego. Yeah. And if they don't get that game, then they, it doesn't even matter. But, I mean, they got to get that game at least to get to one and three before the bye. And then that brutal stretch where they're going to have to play Carolina at KC, right. which is a tough place to play. Yeah. And Seattle. Not looking good. It's just a yeah. tough situation yeah. for them. And especially when they don't have a defense. Right. They're not competitive defensively even. I mean, they've given up 45 points and Atlanta probably could have more. Atlanta's done this without any input from Julio. Yeah. Right. That's true. Uh, flip side, Atlanta. You know, if they win this game, they're two and one. They lead the division now. Like you said, you expected Tampa to come out I and did. be, uh, I guess, a competitor to Carolina, who's one and two. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I just, you know, I'm standing up with pride. Because <laughs> who did Tampa well, we'll lose get, to? They did. I'm just, I just, you they know, did. just a moment. They did back on track. Sorry, and they're in first place too, right? The Rams are in first place. Yes, they are. Oh, would you look at that? LA yes, baby. They are. <laughs> So what do you see for the Falcons? Is this just an early season? I mean, last year they started off, I think, 3-0, maybe 4-0. Atlanta was hot. Yeah. Atlanta's notorious, actually, for having good starts to the season and, and fading down the stretch. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna still going to believe that that's the scenario for Atlanta until I see it not be that. But I do think that if they can establish the running game, not just with Devonta Freeman, but also Tevin Coleman, that definitely gives them extra weapons that should help. Because obviously... I think Atlanta's season comes down to Julio's health. Okay. If Julio stays healthy, they're a much better team, obviously. But he's <laughs> he's he's oftentimes hurt and misses games, especially as the season wears on. He's gotten more hits and stuff. But if he stays healthy and they also have Tevin Coleman to go with Devontae Freeman, now you're talking about a team that you got to really some take options, serious. Some, yeah, um, some offensive so, options. So, I mean, they... Two and one is a great start. We'll have to see how it continues. But obviously, these games, such as tonight against New Orleans, are the bigger games in the division. If they can, if they can, you know, knock off Carolina and they're playing them next week, yeah. Then now we're talking. I mean, a three and one lead. Uh, this is the time. I mean, because Dan Quinn was brought in from Seattle to, uh, and people had high hopes for him, and right. it hasn't happened yet. Maybe this is the season. Maybe could it's be possible. especially Carolina if if they beat Carolina and they're all of a sudden they're one and three things could go into a tailspin very fast mm-hmm. very very quickly so but but again I mean think I think for Atlanta the thing is that they're known for their late season collapses and so until they can get to the late season right. and not collapse and have that belief right uh, then it then it's hard for me to see that all right well s- sticking in the division I mean we'll Mike keep us updated on yep. that game if you Absolutely. can. Uh, I want to talk about Carolina's loss to Minnesota a little bit. Just do a little bit of a Sunday recap. Now, is this a product of Minnesota being good, or is this kind of like a 
perfect storm of the Panthers having trouble or there's problems in Carolina mixed with, you know, running into a decent team? Or is, was that more of a product of, you know, the Vikings are for real? I think it's a mix. But okay. I, I think, A, that the, the Vikings are definitely for real. And let us know what you and guys think. And we didn't think, expect sure. that Absolutely. at all. I Especially mean, without your quarterback, right. without your running back. Uh, running back, and to still be as impactful with someone like Sam Bradford, no shade, but shade. Um, <laughs> definitely just, shade. You did not expect them to be also as strong as they are on offense, too. You know, they yeah. are able to point up and board. Their defense is doing most of the work. But it's just kind of shocking to me. Um the Vikings are for real. I think Absolutely. the Broncos of this year. I think they have some similarities wow. because they can rely on their defense to get right. most of That's the, why I asked that most question. of the tough work done, and then the offense can chip in here or there. They have a success for. Uh, they have a recipe for success. I really like Mike Zimmer, their coach. Yeah, he's a defensive mind, and their defense was awesome this weekend against Carolina. They won that game by themselves on defense, and even losing Adrian Peterson. And Teddy Bridgewater, they look like they're probably the cream of that division, even though there is Green Bay. But right now, Minnesota has already beaten Green Bay. And now this one over Carolina, I mean, Minnesota's for real. Because they don't need to do too much offensively. They got a defense. Their defense is legit. Yeah. And we're going to see them next week. I mean, we'll get into that later, but... We are. Next week, Monday Night Football. It's exciting. Finally, yeah. we're going to get a real Monday Night Football <laughs> yeah, matchup. That's going to be a good game. Uh, do you guys have any games on Sunday that surprised you, that you would like to talk about? Statement games? Obviously, I would like to talk about the Giants versus Redskins. Oh. <laughs> that was hard. I picked the Giants. Yes. Wrong again. <laughs> um, although, my prediction that Odell Beckham would personally have a great game, and also his personal fouls. He was pretty good with that till yeah. the second half. Um, I'm kind of confused with what's going on with the Giants because their defense started off so strongly, and then yesterday, it's kind of just like, what happened? What fell apart? Frustrating. Um, clearly, that's how you get hit in the head with a net. <laughs> you know, when you're that frustrated. Um, I'm just wondering, is it just, is it internal? Because I don't really also feel like the Redskins were that strong yesterday. Right. I feel like it was more the Giants. You know, they say, did this team win or did one team lose? I felt like the Giants lost that game, not that the Redskins won. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a Giant fan, so I might be a little biased, but I do feel like the Giants looked like the better team for most for most of the game. I think the game changed on that fake punt. I don't know if you saw that. The penalty. Yeah, oh. that too. Um, just, I don't know. And then Eli's interception at the end was just weird. Well, for, for me, it was, uh, it seemed like neither team wanted to win the game, yeah, actually. Yeah, they were just yeah. both trying to lose. Uh, but the one thing I would say about Odell Beckham is if he's going to be the leader for the Giants and and a young star in, in the NFL, he's got to be able to keep his composure. Yeah. Because your team, and most teams, they take after their leaders. So if your leaders are rattled, if your leaders are acting up on the sidelines, then the rest of the team is going to act sort of in that fashion. And if Odell is going to have hissy fits and tantrums on the side and, and argue with the net and whatnot, then that's not going to be helpful for argue the team. The net. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, even if, do you feel that way, even though he is producing on the field, like clearly he is well, putting in work, you know, when he's in game, obviously his attitude, um, he needs to mature well, and he, it's not, you know, really. He, um, he's definitely producing on the, on the, on the field. He's a great, he's a great wide receiver, but at the same time, He's creating a distraction for his team. I mean, his coach just came out today and said that he needs to better be able to con- control himself. Eli Manning kind of threw him under the bus a little bit. Yeah, did you see and him grab just, the back of his jersey yeah. and kind of... I've never seen Eli do that before. It's, you know? it's just a thing. It's, it's, it's more like you have to do it 
for the team to see because your team is going to take after your leader, and he's the leader on that team, and he's young. And there's other young wide receivers like Sterling Shepard who looks amazing. You don't want to set the wrong example, and these things filter out into the other guys. Um, Do you think that we'll see um, Odell get suspended because he's right there on the verge? Not think He's going to be able to pull it. But... It's it's a fair question to wonder if there will be a game this season because if he keeps having his sideline antics or antics on the field whatnot, it would be something that's possible. In fact, it's interesting to note that this was the first time we saw someone uh, ejected from a game for the unsportsmanlike penalties. There was right. two of them, and it was huge for the Giants. That that was a huge uh, a huge point of the game, a turning point. In fact, losing the I forget his name right now, but that that may have played a key role in them losing that game. Yeah, so. I'm not, you know, that, that's not necessarily Odell's fault, but I think as a Giants fan, that's what you got to be concerned with because you don't have to be concerned with Odell on the field. He's he's a great player, um, one of the best. I mean, he's setting records for how quickly he's gotten to some of these wide receiver records in his first X amount of games. But you got to worry about the rest, the maturity level, and hoping that comes around sooner than later. Yeah, and with that loss, the Giants go to two and one. Uh, Redskins are one and two, and the Eagles who. I Person feel West. personally I have to show some love to because I think I kind of doubted them last week when we talked about them. But they need to put a hurting on the Steelers, and now they're all alone 3-0. Yeah, after it's, the, it's safe to say they're for real, right? I, I mean, you pretty much is. have to say. After, after yeah. this weekend's battle of uh, Pennsylvania, which wasn't much of a battle for yeah. me, right. I'm looking at the Eagles as the top team in the NFC East right now. Uh-huh. Because Carson Wentz has not looked like a rookie at all. I mean, he looks like a 10-year veteran, the way he's playing, some of the throws that he's making, and the composure, and he still hasn't thrown an interception. He's leading that team, and their defense, their defense looks really good. So it's not just yeah. Carson Wentz. I mean, they flip, flip, forget the Carson Wentz part of the, the game against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's offense is incredible, and Philadelphia completely shut down the, the Pittsburgh offense. Three points. Three points. Which is really, really impressive. That's insane. Yeah. Especially when you consider, you know, to juxtapose what, like, Antonio Brown, just what they've been doing offensively so far just this season. And Devonta Freeman's having himself a night. He's just got a n- nice run inside the five. He's got 14 carries for 153 yards Ooh. tonight. Five catches for 55 yards. A reception Less than team, two minutes left. TD. So Atlanta's about to put in another score unless they kneel. But, um, yeah, getting back to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Philly's so, the truth. Phil, Phil, uh, Philly. yeah. Celebrate with a cheesesteak. But, but you know, I, I want to just put a wrap on the Giants Redskins game okay. because not only that game was there for the Giants to take, and that game was huge. Not just because the Giants lost, but the Giants kind of kept Washington alive. Washington would have been zero and three. Yeah. Instead, they're one and two, and that victory over the Giants can come back later in the season in a head-to-head tiebreaker. That really was big. And then Dallas is kind of under the radar at 2-1, and one, getting through the through through everything. Dak Prescott looks pretty good. He's Elliot equally looked the, yeah, yeah. good. And Dak, to me, is equally as impressive as Carson, to be honest with you. His stats aren't there yet because he hasn't really thrown... I mean, he threw his first touchdown pass last yeah. week. But he looks calm. He does. Poised. He's leading that offense. Um, they say that Romo's going to get his job back when he comes back. But, I mean, if Dak plays like this and they're, say, like, 5-2 and two, or whatever, 6-2, and two, yeah. what do you do? Do you keep Dak in? I, I think Romo's getting his job back regardless, but I think that he could get injured so quickly again. <laughs> I mean, he will. So it's <laughs> Just not, call it. He uh, will. <laughs> it's if very If he makes possible. it back. I mean, I also am not, I know that they say, I'm not confident that he makes it back 
this season. I know they said maybe around week 10, week 12, he could come back in just to stave them off. But I don't... I don't see a purpose behind it. I think that it's time for Dallas, if they really want to be taken seriously, they have some good young pieces, and they need to start moving in that direction. Okay. And I don't think that Romo's start, I mean, I know who he is. I'm not disrespecting what he's done, but I think it's time to look to the future with him. So the Romo era is over. I think so, yeah. Okay. So just to, just to conclude on tonight's game, that's a final. It's a final? It's a final from New Orleans, 45-32. 45-32. Do you have the stats in front of you, or you just you just, no, I, just away? I mean, we pretty much gave them, but yeah. we, we can get them out in a second on, on the wrap-up. But just to, to, to touch on the Tony Romo point, there is no, no guarantee that he'll make it back. He could get injured in practice again. I think that while Dak Prescott is the future, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Jerry Jones, excuse me, he loves Tony Romo. He does. And he so does. that plays a part in it, and I think Jason Garrett loves Tony Romo, so I think that... Or Jason Garrett does what he's told to do. That's also true. <laughs> that's also, that. that's yeah. also true. So no, I, I definitely think Tony Romo is going to come back to the team and get his job back, but... I, Again, I don't know if he'll he'll keep it the whole season because he get injured again quickly. I mean, when Romo plays, Romo's really good. Uh, for me, and this is something that I don't see as likely, I would like to see Tony Romo get traded to the Los Angeles Rams. Look at that. We That's do the 2-1 first place Los just, Angeles Rams. I mean, our offense came like on yesterday. Yeah. Our offense did come Let's on. Let's talk about that for a little bit. We can go to the Rams, yeah. Let's go to about the Rams. Rams. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to say we finally scored a touchdown and then another <laughs> and then another. Yeah. our offense was on it was yeah. very I mean I don't know what's been going on with how girly the other games I know that they're you know they're we stacking have, the box yeah. yeah I know that we have our QB issues I don't really understand you know the strategy behind that but okay. I'm gonna roll with it but I, I'm slightly impressed I'm not getting ahead of myself you know right. but I do think that there is something there for them to build on and Unfortunately, I don't have their schedule with me. I should know this, but um, it's going to get a little rough. But I think that we won't be as unhappy as St. Louis Rams. So fans the next the next week next weekend the Rams are at Arizona, and then it's the Bills. Look and then they're back yeah. home for the Buffalo. Arizona is really surprising me this year. Arizona how... struggled out of the gate yeah. losing in Buffalo. It's not what. Yeah. That I was, expected that was surprising. But I thought they're going to smash Buffalo. Of course, I think I think most of the people. Yeah. did. I think the one thing we also just should remember is that it is early in the season and sometimes there's teams that lose early and then you know they turn, turn it around. around i mean I, I can think about the patriots the last year when they were two and two they had gotten blown out to kansas city on monday and everyone night football. thought the brady era was over and before you know it they're back in the Super yeah. Bowl as a champ so it's just one of those things it's early well the qu- a quarter of the season's also almost gone almost i mean, gone. This week, I mean well, that's the, I, start I, I like four. to yeah well, i'd like to make some more snap judgments after week four and we get a quarter of the way done before okay. we jump too early Right. Because still three games, there's still time. Unless you're 0 and 3, you're still in it to a degree. To a degree. But has what are the stats of an 0 and 3 team making oh, the playoffs? Probably pretty terrible. Yeah. Dead, 0, yeah. 0 and 2, you're, you're looking at like what were the 14%. Chiefs Last year, the Chiefs were, they won 10 straight to, to. The Chiefs, I think, started like 1 and 5. Yeah. And then they, they ended maybe 10 and 6. Something like that. It was, it it was, was some ridiculous. Like they were like 10 in a row to end the season. They, something they crazy were, they like that. They finished strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Chiefs, they blew up the Jets. They did. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked awful. Was six six interceptions. interceptions, and he was uh, he was all off season trying to get that big contract. Now we know why he didn't get it. And it's sad, you know. The Patriots don't have Brady, and the AFC East just cannot capitalize on it. Most part because the Patriots won't lose, but there's teams like the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins. They just can't get their act together. Mm-hmm. They just can't do it. 
What are your thoughts on the, on the AFCs? Is it just Patriots, everybody else? Absolutely. Any playoff teams from the AFCs that you see? No. I was high on the Jets coming in. I thought they could replicate what they did last year with their yeah. 10-6 record. Yeah, I mean, I think the Jets are definitely contenders, but I think if you look around the AFC, that after the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots are clearly the cream of the crop and not just the AFC East, but the AFC. You're looking around the league, and I think that you probably can find two other teams that will be the wild card teams over the Jets. Yeah. Especially with the way that the Jets uh, look this past weekend. And they're they're one and two, and they still have two games with the Pats. I mean, they they I, I for me, I'm not a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. I like a lot of the other players on the Jets team, but I'm worried about Forte staying healthy all season. So I just think that there's too many variables that will will hinder the Jets making a serious run at at getting into the playoffs. Especially because you look around the AFC, you got the the AFC North with the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Right. I like at least one extra team from there getting right. into the playoffs. And the Bengals the... already beat the Jets, so if there's a tiebreaker exactly. situation. I like one of the teams from there at least as a wild card out of those three, if not two extra teams from there. And if not, uh, you can go to the AFC West, and you've got Denver, Oakland, and Kansas City. And I like a team from there as a, as a stronger contender to get into right. the playoffs than the Jets. So we'll have to see, though. The Jets were there right at the end last year and then lost in Week 17. You never know. True. That Are you guys true. impressed with the Raiders, with what Oakland's managed to do this season? Sort of. Why well, I've had high expectations for Oakland, so I mean they still they're still I mean, they their just, defense isn't as good as I thought it'd be. It's and it's early, and we just need to yeah. see consistency from the Raiders because yeah. the Raiders they'll, they'll surprise you one week and then surprise they'll you the moments. next week on the flip yeah. side. So you just you want to see them win back to back games and and keep yeah. and be consistent and win the games they're supposed to win uh, because they lost last week at home. They lost Atlanta at home. That was the game everyone thought, okay, now Oakland can take that step. They should win this game, and then they lose it. Then they go win this week against Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to see. And they're 2-1 tied with the Chiefs and who's up? Denver's 3-0. and Yeah, that's right. Denver's 3-0, Chiefs 2-1, Oakland 2-1, and, and, and San Diego is 1-2. San Diego does not look good. No. San no. Diego... San that's why they can stay in San Diego. <laughs> that's why they that's can't be, make uh, the that, move. That's going to be the most interesting story for San Diego as we get closer towards the end of the season is it's, what San Diego is right. going to do because no one's really talking about it, but they can still come up to L.A. as that second team here, and there hasn't been any word that they're going to stay in San Diego, any progress on a stadium. So I think as their season spirals, that's going to become the big talk right. about the Chargers. And then Denver with a huge victory yesterday yeah. in yeah. Cincinnati. Um, Trevor Simeon looked amazing. Simeon looked. I mean, if he plays like this, I mean, he played better than any Peyton Manning game last that's season. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, it's an upgrade from the quarterback they had last year. Yeah. They're scary. They can yeah. win it again, and I think people are starting to realize that because no one was talking about Denver repeating. No, they, At, um, I, I was looking for a bigger fall off than than we've seen so far. I don't want to anoint Trevor Simeon yet, but right. it does look like they're in good hands. Yeah, in Denver, three and zero, three and zero, and also. Uh, it looks like they were smart to uh, let Brock Osweiler go and not pay him all that money. Yep. So John Will- John Elway looks like he's been making all the right decisions, and Von Miller has looked really good so far this season. Yeah. Uh, along with the rest of the guys, their defense obviously is really good. So, um, I haven't caught any Baltimore Ravens games. Have you? Really? I have not because no? um, wait one thing. St- um, Steve Smith Senior's battle yesterday yeah. with um, Jalen Ramsey. Yes. Get into. I I don't know. So they were, you know, on field, trash talk, trash talk. Um, Steve Smith, we know he is a master 
not only trash talker, but back that up. After the game, I guess he, you know, spoke to him, see me. And he said that Jalen had nothing to say. But when Jalen got into the locker room, he had a lot to say about the old man challenging him. And he needs to kind of accept that he's old now and wow. he's the future. And so Steve Smith said that um, in, when he was asked about it this morning, he appeared on Mike and Mike on ESPN. And he basically said that he had Jalen had none of that to say when he stepped to him and he should learn his place. It's interesting because, I mean, obviously, Jalen did take it to Steve. On field, Steve, you know, held his own, but there is going to be a drop off. How, how old is Steve Smith? Thirty seven, and he was going to retire too, but he came back because he got injured. And he didn't want to end his career like that. But do you think? I mean, and this is a little off subject, but do you think with young players stepping up, coming at, do you think that respect factor always has to be there, or that's who they're supposed to be? I mean, Jalen is having a pretty good season. I know it's early, but he's establishing himself. So should he have backed down? Is he being disrespectful coming at Steve like that? It's a tough question. I, I think. I, I, for, I think I would stay out of the way of Steve Smith. I don't know. He's not like an <laughs> ultimate trash talker, Steve Smith. Yeah. Um, trash talker, then I'm going to come back it see, up. My thing is, if you say something to me, I'm going to say something back to you. I don't care who you are. Right. Of course. I agree with that for sure. But it seemed, it seemed like from what I understood that it was just something that I guess they were trash talking each other during the game. And then Steve Smith put out a tweet after the game saying, young man, because I guess Jalen Ramsey <laughs> was talking in the post game yeah. about it, but not I mean, on but the he field. was going in to so. reporters. He was just like, you're done. You're old. You had your time. Yeah. Like, but I mean, Steve Smith had a good game. I think he caught eight balls for 89 yeah. yards. I yeah. think it was just, what was that play? It was that one play really where um, Jalen kind of, not embarrassed him, but just he had him looking half a step slower. I just, just think that Jalen, I mean, he's he seems like he's going to have a good career. He's super young. He's just... I wouldn't be. I just don't worry about Steve Smith. Plus, he's like Steve Smith. He <laughs> seems like the kind of guy. I just stay Tick. away from him. He's yeah. no dangerous. Tick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like he, he'll fight you on the field. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So he has a temper. Yeah. But uh, more importantly, you know, before but, we get into news and gossip that you have, the, the Ravens are three and three and zero. But that's. I think that's a little bit of a disguise. Yeah, I was it does, ask, it's a little deceptive. Really, their victories haven't been really convincing. I mean, they had to come back against a bad Browns team, mm-hmm. and then the first Who cares about Jacksonville. Jacksonville, that's. Yeah. I had high hopes for Jacksonville Agreed. this year. Did but also, you? also. Yes. Bortles, I thought he was going to turn the corner. He looked good last year. They, what corner? The corner of. <laughs> of I wouldn't say top tier QB, but like that next tier. I thought he would enter t- into that realm. You have Julius Thomas, healthy. Allen Robinson's one of the best wide receivers in the league, young wide receivers. Allen Hearns is a nice secondary compliment. That offense should be clicking. And then they bolster up the defense. A little bit. I thought they'd be pretty good this year. Well, I, th- I think you got to look right at the coaching first. But before we close up the Baltimore point, they're three and zero. They they won on a lot. La- you know, they won on a late field goal. Yes. This weekend, fifty three yarder from Justin Tucker. So he's he's been amazing. And, and John Harbaugh is a great coach. Yeah. Even with not that much talent on that team, he they get it done. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be in the playoff picture, but I don't believe in them. Aren't you know they I mean? always in the playoff yeah. they picture? Are, because I mean, John, Ar- John Arbaugh yeah. is a great coach, so I think he'll always have them prepared, and they're going to win games dirty and ugly and, and, and be relevant throughout the season, but I don't actually believe in them as a serious contender. Yeah, and it's unfair to, of me to say I don't believe in them, because I actually haven't seen a single second of them play. I'm just strictly based. Yeah. I'm going off of just yeah. my preconceived notions of what well, they would be this year. They haven't been that exciting. Yeah. They've had a couple long bombs to Mike Wallace, who's been a nice addition for them, and yeah. then uh, just kind of grinding it out. But on the flip side, you guys were talking about Jacksonville. I think the one place you got to look for Jacksonville is to the head coach. Okay. And that's Gus Bradley. And he's uh, he's been atrocious as the head coach. <laughs> and, and everyone keeps waiting year in, year out for Jacksonville to be good. 
and it just doesn't happen. And I think you're looking at Gus Bradley, and you got to say, all right, well, we might need to make a change at the uh, at the top. But you don't even hear anything about that. I don't feel like there's being any. Um, critiques aimed at coaching. I, I feel that all the fixes have just been, well, you know, what we need to do, obviously on the field is more important, but they're not looking at the other side of it and how those pieces that they're acquiring are being used. Right. Not yet, at least. I mean, they've got a, they've, I mean, they've got a lot of young talent on the team, and I, I, I would say, I'm, I'd say that I think that Gus Bradley is not going to make it past uh, this season. Oh, absolutely. If they're playing like this, the way absolutely they are. not. I mean, Especially the expectations they and, have for this offense. And, and additionally, I think yeah. that Blake Bortles is going to come under scrutiny now because everyone's been waiting for him now as well to turn it around. And he did have some nice moments last season, especially fantasy-wise. Yeah. He's put up big numbers, but a lot of that came late when they were on the comeback. Right. So it was kind of a fake numbers, not... Yeah. You know, putting up the numbers when it mattered, but getting a lot of stats, not victories. And so um, I think Blake Bortles and Gus Bradley are going to have to, you know, pay for the, the the issues in Jacksonville if they don't turn it around. So they're on the hot seat. Yeah, I agree. So, Jill, uh, I know you got some news and gossip. Um, we'll just get into really it. small. Um, so we know that. Nice. Hey, <laughs> like that. Um, so we know that there were the um, issues and concerns about the, ga- um, the game with Charlotte and the Vikings on Sunday. And Cam Newton has been sort of waffling on exactly what his stance was. He stepped out on field with a black T-shirt with an MLK quote um, in Justin's against one. Um, I'm blanking on it, and I just jacked that up, and I know it. But you guys look it up. <laughs> um, I think injustice against one. One is injustice against all. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Um, and so... It's a great quote, but does it mean anything when Cam has sort of been back and forth as far as the conversation as to where he really stands? I think he's confused. I think he's young, and he doesn't want to mess up his endorsements, but he does feel a type of way. I think it might be a good idea for him to sit this one out. I know it's hard, but I think it's okay to not want to stand up politically necessarily, especially considering when you look back at last season how everyone defended Cam when they felt that he was being attacked because of his race, and now it's kind of confusing for people and the hire. So my more further concern when we go into Cam's fashion choices or not the pregame is have you guys been looking at what he's been wearing postgame and his top hat? What was he wearing? (laughs) <laughs> I saw yesterday, but his shirt was more ridiculous to me. Yeah, so is it a deflection? Cam is also, he may not be lighting it up on field, but he is also expecting baby number two. Oh, his fiance is pregnant, Kia, um, and he's looking at a new winter baby to join his son. Chosen. Congrats, Cam. Is that you? Congrats. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I love this, <laughs> this news and gossip set. <laughs> That's it. It's good stuff. That's <laughs> it for news and gossip. All right, All right guys. Well, nice. so I guess we'll get into predictions, too, for next Monday night's game. We got the Vikings. Is it in Minnesota? I think it's in Minnesota, right? Josh, you should know this. Well, Giants-Vikings. Giants-Vikings next Monday night. That's huh? going to be a game. It's going to be a great uh, you game. You got the Giants coming in at 2-1. and one. Vikings at 3-0. Last year, as a Giants fan, I remember the Giants getting absolutely smoked against the Vikings so I have kind of like bad memories when it comes to the Vikings it's in Minnesota it's in Minnesota which is not good for the Giants in my mind Uh, so what what do you guys expect Um, next week will be my bye week I know you guys will miss me Um, (laughs) I you know the Vikings are obviously the truth but my gut is just go with the Giants. I don't know why, but okay. my gut is for the Giants. I feel like they're going to come back off of this loss against the Redskins. I think that they're going to look internally and sort of know 
that they let it slip away. And I think they're going to be ready. I think that they have enough offensive weapons that they can, um, you know, break down Minnesota's defense. So Okay. Mike? I like that breakdown. There you go. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings. They're home. But I definitely think it's going to be an exciting game. I'm excited to see how the offense of the Giants can compete with the Vikings defense. I think that's going to be a really great matchup because there's talent on both sides there. Uh, I really, really like the Giants' offensive duo of Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. I'm a huge fan of their rookie, Sterling Shepard. He's already a playmaker for the Giants, so having him and Victor Cruz, those three going against a a secondary uh, for Minnesota that's experienced and talented and an entire defense that's really good is going to be exciting. I think that the crowd uh, is going to be really fired up. I mean, it's a new stadium. It's in Minnesota. They're rolling. Mike Zimmer is a defensive specialist. Uh, ben McAdoo, he's an offensive guy, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see the, 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 the chess match between the two coaches. But I'm going to stick with Minnesota as the home team uh, to get it done. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants won. Okay. I'm going to go with Minnesota as well. But I do uh, think this game is going to tell us a lot about McAdoo as a coach and how the team responds to a loss. It's a great point. Like they did uh, against, the, against the Redskins. Um, I just think that the defense is too good. And the Giants, as good as the offense as they are, they turn the ball over a lot. They do. And Minnesota, I mean, what they did to Cam, they made Cam look like... I mean, yeah. and they did that in Carolina. Yeah. They, so, I mean, they totally took over that game in the second half, which is super impressive. And so that's, right. the, that's the overwhelming thing. As good as I think the Giants are offensively, it's like I can't get that... Minnesota Vikings defense performance out of my head to think like that. I think that's the most dominant part. That's, so. that's what I'm thinking as well. I think Bradford will make enough plays, you know, digs. Uh, Jared McKinnon, I think, is going to have a big game. The Giants don't do too well. I with still don't backs. believe in Sam Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him when he was with St. Louis. I just, I can't get those memories out of yeah, my he head. Was you know, Philly. Whatever. Yeah. So. Well, the thing about Sam Bradford is they just don't have to ask him to do too yeah, he's much. Just enough. If that's they just really hand the ball off, make a play here or there, yeah. and that that should be enough. But I agree with you because I'm not a big believer in Sam Bradford myself. But if they're not asking him to do too much, could be the answer yeah. to the success of the Minnesota Vikings. I think you make a great point, Josh, about Ben McAdoo, though, to see how the team responds. Uh, I want to see that too because I don't know much about him outside of his you know year of tutelage under Tom Coughlin, and now he kind of gets to see. And we get to see his ability to lead and, and be in control of the Giants. So it yeah. will be interesting. But I think that the Giants can, you know, even if they lose the game, I, I'm not necessarily sure that that's that, – that, I think if you were going to look at the schedule before the season, you would be okay with that one as a loss. On the road Monday night yeah. at a good Minnesota team, you could expect that it's a tough one. So it, it, they could respond really well, the Giants, and, and play a great game and still lose. And you still could come out as a fan and be like, okay – We've still got something going this season. But I would feel a lot better if they didn't lose against the Redskins. Yeah. Of course. It makes it more difficult. But I have been impressed with the Giants' defense. The Looking additions that they made, they look a lot better. So uh, the Giants definitely are – they have talent on both sides of the ball. And it will be it will be uh, exactly what you said, a big uh, interesting moment to see how Ben McAtoo does as the head coach and the response that the team gives him. All right. Well, that pretty much does it, guys. We wrapped up. All Sunday, Monday Night Football. Once again, the Saints win was Saints lose. We were Saints all lose. wrong. We were all wrong. So far, I've been wrong each week. Damn. So I, just for the record, I picked the Vikings next week. So Vikings, Giants, Vikings. So one of us at least is guaranteed 
So I need you guys to hold me down when I'm right next Monday I, in I my hope, absence. I okay? hope you're right. I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'm just hoping for a good game, too, to be honest with you guys. Of course. So, uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, the Falcons defeat the Saints 45-32. to Next week we have the New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. I am Josh Rodriguez. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. I'm Jill Monroe. You can find me at Stiletto Jill on all social media and JacksonStilettoJill.com, like oh, Mike told you. yeah. <laughs> and I'm Mike Orpi. You can find me all over social media at Mike Grips. And let us know in the comments and all week on social media, anything you want to see on the show, and we'll see you next week. All right, take care. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 